This episode of the Verse Podcast is brought to you by the pour over. We may or may not realize it, but every day we're subjecting ourselves to division. Following the news has just turned into this scavenger hunt for truth, and it's exhausting just looking for information, right? Let alone subjecting ourselves to partisan agendas and crazy opinions. It's a slippery slope, I think, to becoming either angry or stressed or anxious. And if you're like me, you just want to peace out on it, (laughs) give up on it. And honestly, that is what I did until I found the pour over. The pour over is a newsletter created by Christians who couldn't stand following the news but didn't think being uninformed was a good alternative. So what they do is they summarize the biggest news of the day, like politics, stock market, Elon Musk, Twitter, and pairs them with brief biblical reminders to help us stay focused on God. So subscribe for free to their pour over. The newsletter drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. And if reading is not your thing, make sure you check out the pour over podcast. Stay informed and encouraged in six to seven minutes. To subscribe to the pour over, click the link in the episode notes. A Brighter Media Group original. Hey, welcome into the Versed Podcast. My name is John. Thanks for joining me in this daily pursuit to become more perceptive to what the Bible says. Today we are reading the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. So what we've been doing in the month of December is reading, studying, and reflecting on a chapter of the Gospel of Luke. There are 24 days leading up to Christmas, 24 chapters in Luke. And so the hope and goal and prayer is to enter the celebration of the birth of Jesus with Christmas, with this full context of his life and ministry. And really my hope and prayer for each of us is that we fully experience a closeness to God like we never have before. So take out your Bibles. If you are able, we are diving into Luke 9, and in Luke 9, we essentially see the preparation of the 12 disciples for ministry through multiple stories and scenes. And not that things haven't been serious before, but in this narrative of the disciples following Jesus, it feels like things have been ratcheted up for them. We see Jesus, through feeding the the 5,000, use that as a teaching moment to explain the kind of Messiah he would be, what it looks like for them to follow him. We read about Peter, John, and James witnessing the glory of Jesus, seeing Moses and Elijah, and speaking about Jesus' departure from the world. And several occasions, more than once, they were reminded of what Jesus came to accomplish. And the beauty of all this is that these lessons were not just for the 12. They prepare all who decide to follow Jesus. It's awesome. In a normal podcast, we would dive into the historical uh, context of the verses of Luke Uh, of what we were experiencing. And because we are going through a chapter of Luke every day leading up to Christmas, it's a bit redundant. It's included in the earlier uh, podcasts and those episodes. So I encourage you to actually go back and listen to get that context in an interest of time and keeping things short. Um, We're not going to dive into that right now. But um, as most of you know, in the podcast, not only do we go into the historical and cultural context, we actually take the time to read together um, and 
typically that's one verse or a group of verses. And because this is a whole chapter and an interest of keeping this short, we're not going to do that. So what I'll encourage you to do is actually read Luke 9 on your own. You can hit pause on this podcast, do that and come back. If you don't want to, that's totally fine. It will just make this experience better. But if you want to just hang on, uh, we are about to dive into the reflection and meditation points on Luke chapter 9. All right, so a lot of Luke 9 is spent on the disciples, on their mission, on what's to come. So it begs the question, how does God's kingdom advance in the world? How did it then? How does that still apply to followers of Jesus today? According to verses 1 through 6, those missions, kingdom missions, involve four key elements. Authority the gospel and proclaiming it, healing the sick, releasing the oppressed, and total dependence on God. So authority is shown through Jesus giving his disciples authority. The same authority from Christ is given to his church today and is found in the ministry of the word, which is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, the book of Hebrews say. The proclaiming of the gospel That's what Jesus sent out the 12 to do. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is the proclamation of the kingdom of God, that God rules through Jesus for the saving of all who believe in him. Healing the sick, releasing the oppressed, the disciples were sent to preach and to heal. For them, the demonstration of their authority as ambassadors of Jesus involved doing these miraculous acts of healing. And for us today, We demonstrate the miracle of transformation, of transforming of lives and the power of the love of Jesus as we heal the sick through medical missions, serving the oppressed and seeking out to set people free and total dependence on God. Jesus told his disciples not to take anything with him, no staff, bag, bread, money, but to trust in God to provide everything. Now, God's not commanding us to do that same thing, to give up all earthly possessions, but we are to be just as totally dependent on him as our source of provision, protection, blessing, and fruitfulness. So with these four key elements at the heart of the mission of disciples, of the 12 and of us today, what is the result? What happened for them? Luke 9 shows us word spread. The crowds gathered. God provided. And the disciples came to know Jesus better. We can see that same fruit today. If our mission and our ministry in the world is committed to those same core uh, elements, those four, authority of Jesus, proclamation of the gospel, healing of the sick, and total dependence on God, if we are focused on that, May the Lord be pleased to grant us a strong commitment to his authority, his gospel, his loving compassion, and his provision for everything that we need. So next is the famous story, one I'm sure you've heard before, of Jesus feeding the 5,000 men along with women and children, which was humanly impossible and needed divine assistance. Jesus proved himself to be the source of people's needs. 
After a time of private prayer, Jesus turned to his disciples and asked the question in verse 18, who do people say that I am? And they reported to him the same things that Herod had been hearing in verses 7 to 9. John the Baptist, Elijah, ancient prophets. But then Jesus turns it personal. He says, who do you say that I am? And Peter, speaking like he always does, speaking on behalf of the group, says, you are the Messiah. That was a correct assessment of his identity, which opened the door for Jesus to reveal more truth about himself. After warning them to tell no one, he explains the kind of Messiah he would be, rejected, killed, and that he would rise again. And in light of all this, he informed them what it would be like for believers to identify with him. The one who wants to follow the Messiah must deny himself, that is to place Jesus' glory ahead of their own, to take up his cross daily, which was an obvious allusion to crucifixion. True disciples must submit to Jesus' authority over their lives to the point of suffering and death. To follow Jesus is to live according to God's plans in every facet of your life. And Jesus made it clear that in God's economy, true profit comes from giving away your life for God's purposes. Verses 43 to 45, while everyone was marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus had just healed a demon-possessed boy at this point. Jesus said to his disciples, listen to me and remember what I say. The son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. But they didn't know what he meant. Its significance was hidden from them, so they couldn't understand it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Have you ever wondered why sometimes the disciples don't seem to get it? (laughs) How many times have we just not seen the truth of what we now see as obvious? Why is it that we didn't understand the spiritual truths that we do now? How is it that the disciples could be so blind to the truth here and so insightful later as they would spread the gospel like no one ever had and hasn't since to write the New Testament? Verse 44 actually tells us, listen to me and remember what I say. The son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. Here are the conclusions we can draw. When we don't see or understand spiritual things, it's because we are being kept from understanding them. Satan is active. He's trying to blind the minds of unbelievers. God in his Sovereignty chooses to keep us from seeing the truth sometimes until he chooses to reveal it to us. And second is that we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds to understand spiritual truth. So knowing this is really vital because what it does is keeps us humble. It helps us have compassion on others. It helps us have and lean into what God wants to do with us. What we understand of God's truth has been revealed to us by God. Unbelievers are in rebellion against God, as we were at one point. If you call yourself a Christian, if you believe that Jesus was who he said he was, but they are also being kept in the dark. They need our sympathy and our prayers, not our judgment and our arrogance and our anger. And we should also be sure to give all glory to God and take absolutely no credit for ourselves for anything we do understand of God and his ways.
we move to our time of reflection, of prayer, of meditation, whatever you'd like to do with these next 60 seconds, they are yours. The only thing I would say not to do is to hit pause or to end the podcast and go about your day, but to use this time to connect with God. We'll do that and come back on the other side. Thank you so much for listening to the Versed podcast today. I hope it is bringing you um, real joy um, and comfort and encouragement and true authentic hope during this Christmas season. It's been such an amazing thing to go through Luke every day leading up to Christmas and get the full context of Jesus's life and ministry and the purpose of Christmas and why we celebrate. This is something I've never done before, and I'm so glad that I've decided to do it, and I'm glad you're in this journey with me. Everything you need to know about the podcast is in the show notes, uh, resources to study deeper, the resources I use to build these podcasts, my social media, and everything you need to know, it's in the show notes, so check that out. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and a review on the podcast, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, Make hope louder today, whatever that means for you make that decision. And then we're going to talk tomorrow. See ya.